How are you now? How are you now? Are you steaming? Are you just steaming after that loss? Well, um, I am a little bit. Um, not maybe for the reasons that I'd like to be. Hello and welcome to episode one for game one. The first ever regular season episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am steaming. Absolutely steaming. That was That was not... Uh, at all the way that I hoped that game would end, uh, especially the way it started. It felt like it was going to go considerably better for the Montreal Canadiens. They lose 2-1 to one to the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto for their first game of the season. What happened? Well, the game started off fantastic for the Habs. Uh, w- within 18 seconds, I think they had three shots on goals in their very first shift. They came out flying absolutely dominated the game for the first about maybe I want to say 10 minutes really it was probably five but pretty close to 10 anyways Uh, really dominating the first period and it paid dividends it paid dividends the line of Christian Dvorak Jonathan Drouin and Josh Anderson looking absolutely fantastic Uh, Josh Anderson gets some space gets into the zone uh, cuts in sees Jonathan Drouin on the other side throws it across and Drouin buries it one nothing Montreal Canadiens. Big, big return to action for Jonathan Drouet. Could not possibly be happier for that guy. And it's one nothing for the Habs. We're feeling great. We're feeling fantastic. But the Toronto Maple Leafs have a lot of talent. <clears throat> and they particularly have a lot of talent on the power play. Their power play is very good, even with Austin Matthews not in the lineup. Uh, and, of course, the Leafs get a power play. Uh, you know, and Pierre Engvall ends up being the guy who shoots it through quite a few bodies to beat Jake Allen, makes it 1-1. Uh, second period, complete polar opposite of the first. Uh, the Leafs dominated the first half of the second period, uh, really outshooting the Habs by a lot, getting a lot of sustained zone time, uh, really exposed some pretty poor defensive coverage by the Montreal Canadiens. But Jake Allen, standing tall, uh, you know, covering very well in the absence of our Lord and Savior, Carey Price, and uh, really kept the Habs in the game, kept it 1-1 throughout the first half of that period. But then in the second half of the period, the Habs started to come on. Again, like a mirroring version of the first period, except the Habs had the better of the second half this time. And, you know, they just couldn't get anything past Jack Campbell. Uh, As much as they dominated the second half of the period and the very end of the period even better than that, they, they weren't getting any super quality chances. The Leafs were doing well defensively and the Habs... We're having trouble penetrating into the slot and, and really getting anything good on him. Um, weren't getting a whole lot of traffic in front of the net by my estimation. But at the end of the day, what looked good was the fact that they were able to come back from a weak first half of the period and actually you know, start to you know, impose themselves a little bit on the Leafs, which looked good. And going into the third period felt good. Felt like they've really got a chance to, to win this thing. But of course, very early in the third period, a uh, bit of a broken play. William Nylander gets the puck just outside the blue line, and he is completely unchecked by the Montreal Canadiens. I say completely unchecked because he walked in untouched from the blue line uh, into the high slot, uh, a little bit still in the circles, I want to say, and fires one of the more pretty shots I've ever seen uh, over Jake Allen, bar down, and it's 2-1 for the Leafs. And w- when I say it was a pretty shot, I mean... I, I can't stress it enough. I mean, as much as I am a diehard Habs fan, that shot was was beautiful. William Nylander is some kind of player. He might be, and I, I'm gonna, I might catch heat for saying this, he might be the best player on the Leafs in terms of pure skill. 
And that that is a direct knock on guys like Mitch Marner and uh, Austin Matthews, I guess. Not to say that they're bad players, but uh, he gets paid considerably less than they do. So the Leafs fans should be very happy that the Leafs got the contract they did with him because he might be underpaid for what he's able to do. That shot is ridiculous. We were talking about it in the chat uh, for Eyes on the Prize about, you know, would Carey Price have stopped that? And the general consensus was maybe, but probably not. Most goaltenders need a little bit of luck to stop that because when you have that good of a shot and you can put it bar down, not a whole lot anybody can do about it. But I digress. What else happened? Well, the Habs finally started to get some shine from the refs. They started getting some power plays. So later in that period, they get a power play. And then very shortly after that, uh, none other than uh, Mitch Marner, who I was just talking about a little bit, once again puts his team down 5-on-3, much like he did in the playoffs. But this time, the Montreal Canadiens do absolutely nothing with it. And when I say absolutely nothing, uh, they, they technically did something. But most of what they were doing was constantly trying to work the puck back to the point for a long point shot from Jeff Petrie with a five-on-three. You're up five-on-three on the ice, and your go-to move is get the puck back to the point for a long, and I want to say, I need to stress this, a very long point shot from maybe two steps in from the blue line from Jeff Petrie. I mean, it's... <laughs> Similar to the bump play that they were doing to Shea Weber last year a lot, which never worked, but at least when they were doing it with Shea Weber, they had the threat of Shea Weber's shot. Jeff Petrie can shoot it, but he's not, you know, he's he's not winning the hardest shot competition ever in the All-Star game. Ever. So what on earth would make you think that doing that was going to work? I don't know. Realistically, they should have been doing exactly what TVA showed them working on. Uh, in the morning skate, they were working on trying to get pucks for the power play into the slot, into the high slot uh, for, you know, cross-ice passes, get the goalie moving laterally, and then shoot it. And they did none of that. And it's exactly what they were working on in their morning skate. So realistically, you should have taken your own goddamn advice and done exactly what you were working on in the morning skate. Uh, but again, I digress. Uh, the Habs could not score. They didn't score on what was remaining of the first penalty, obviously, only about 13 seconds left in it, but didn't score on that either after the 5-on-3 came to an end. And then they're back to even strength. And to their credit, uh, they they did their best. You know, they had a pretty good third period. They were putting some pressure on the Leafs, uh, but they couldn't get a whole lot going. They got another power play uh, later on in that period, this time just a regular 5-on-4. Uh, Leafs didn't take another one to give them another 5-on-3, and they did virtually nothing with that either. And then the most bu-bu-bu-bu-bullshit call of the game goes against the Montreal Canadiens with less than two minutes to go. Uh, Josh Anderson gets the only penalty in a scrum where two Leafs players were, were mauling Brendan Gallagher for bumping into their goalie earlier in the game, uh, which didn't get called to the credit of the refs. And <laughs> that's it for the game. Josh Anderson gets the only penalty. Leafs have a power play with uh, less than two minutes to go. And uh, Habs pulled their goalie to get five on five luckily they didn't get an empty netter so it stayed two to one but it doesn't matter Habs lost and um, if you follow this podcast you know I do like my ref complaints I love to complain about the refs and that call against Anderson was bullshit but you cannot blame the refs for that loss you can't as much as I'd like to what you can blame for sure is the Montreal Canadiens power play 
If you get given a long five-on-three in the third period of a two-to-one game and you don't score, it's your fault. It can't possibly be the ref's fault, even if they were bad, even if they were terrible for the rest of the game. The fact of the matter is you had a five-on-three with a one-goal game in the third period and you did nothing with it. In fact, what you did was the most ridiculously low percentage shot over and over again until you realized it wasn't working. And by the time you realized it wasn't working, you had very little time left to work with. So, yeah, definitely back to the drawing board for the Montreal Canadiens in terms of their power play. And they don't have very much time to work on that because they're going to be in Buffalo tomorrow night, which, uh, thank God for that, I guess, because Buffalo figures to be pretty bad this year, and that should be a pretty good opportunity for them to uh, work on getting some more offense going, especially on the power play. There was a, a, a silver lining, and uh, I'm going to go back to what I was saying earlier. That second line, Christian Dvorak, Jonathan Drouet, and Josh Anderson, they've got chemistry, man. Uh, they can really skate. They, they seem to be able to find each other pretty well. Like They're gelling quick. That's going to be a fun line for the Montreal Canadiens. Drouet especially, he played one of the best games I've seen him play overall. He looked fantastic. Uh, he looks ready to rock. I mean, I think that break that he really needed for his mental health did wonders for him, and he looks physically uh, better than ever on the ice right now. Uh, it's, I know it's only one game, but, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged by what I saw there. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled for him that he was able to score in his first game back, and that line is going to be very fun for this team. Uh, what else did I like? Uh, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot to like. I, I did like Cole Caulfield. I thought Caulfield looked really fast. I thought he was, uh, you know, he was getting some creation going out there. Uh, he did fire off a few shots, but you know, he didn't have great angles on him. I think he's going to figure that out uh, sooner than later, so I'm not worried about him. I'm a little bit worried about how that line looked overall with him, Nick Suzuki, and uh, Tyler Toffoli. Um, I'm not totally sold if I'm just looking at that game that Tyler Toffoli is the right. Um, other winger for that line. I think Suzuki and Caulfield have clear chemistry together, but uh, Toffoli was honestly pretty invisible. So I'm a little bit concerned about that line, but it's too early, uh, I think, to start putting the lines into a blender or anything. I think you got to, you know, take this game for what it is. Your power play lost it for you and try to figure out how to get that going, if you can do that in short order, uh, and regroup for tomorrow night against Buffalo and see if they can do a little bit better against a weaker team, right? On defense, uh, I, I did not love Alexander Romanov's game. Uh, I thought he was pretty good, but I don't think that the pairing with him and Chris Weidman is going to work. Um, I don't think there's enough, you know, staunch defensive responsibility there. I think, I think they need to rethink those defensive pairings. And I think we will probably see a bit of a different lineup tomorrow night anyways. Um, so maybe that'll change, and I think it should. Um, but but Chris Weidman looked worth the price of admission. I think they made a good pickup with him. Brett Kulak looked quite good. Uh, I think he earned his spot. I think it's he's going to make it tough for them to take him out of the lineup if he keeps playing the way that he did. And lastly, Jake Allen played uh, fantastic. Great job. If that's the guy they're going to rely on until Carey Price is ready to play again, um, you know they're in pretty good shape. So yeah, that's it for this one. It's the power play's fault. Nothing else. Nothing to worry about. It's only game one. We're running uh, over 12 minutes again. So vraiment, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. On n'est pas vraiment des plombiers de quatrième ligne. Hein? So, 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. We are on Spotify, Megaphone, Apple, uh, Google Play. I'm on Twitter, at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you again, and as always, à la prochaine.